This morning, uh, we were talking about turning on our light. Everyone say, turn on your light. We're talking about turning on our light, and we've got some local ministries here that are just, we believe, are doing an outstanding job of turning on their light in this community. And the first individual that I'd like to introduce to the City Church stage this morning is Miss Penny Cedar. She represents Habitat for Humanity, and I want you to welcome her as she comes to the City Church stage. Good morning. Good morning, Miss Penny. Thank you for being with us Thanks today. Thanks for having me. It's a well, great opportunity. Yeah, tell me a little bit how you got involved in Habitat for Humanity. Well, I have uh, had a long history of nonprofit management and volunteer management fundraising and um, came to Habitat to kind of turn it around and, and awesome. make more difference. And how long have you been with them? Eight years. Eight years. Yeah. Okay. And uh, tell me a little bit about what, what does Habitat, I think we kind of know what they do, but maybe give us a little bit of an insight into what Habitat for Humanity does, not only here in Central Florida, but literally, I believe, around the world. Around the right? world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, our Habitat serves all of Seminole County and the greater Apopka area. So uh, lots of hab local Habitats. We're grassroots. We raise money locally. We serve the local community. We're an ecumenical housing ministry, and I always talk about Habitat being a community's answer to affordable housing. Awesome. And our families work for their houses, and as a community, we come together to make their housing affordable, but not free. Very cool. Awesome. And tell us how City Church can partner with you at Habitat for Humanity and helping turn on the light in our community. Well, one of the things that we have um, are our Habitat for Humanity restores. We have two of them, one in Sanford and one in Castleberry, and we take donated household items, so um, construction materials, appliances, um, fun things like lamps and carpeting and cool all stuff. this kind of These fun probably stuff. came from probably Habitat came from for Humanity, yeah, that's right. And uh, we take those donations of items and we sell them in our thrift store and the proceeds My wife's us. a Habitat for Humanity shopper, oh yeah. Once a week it. just kind of cruises it. through whether she needs to or not, yeah, that's I love right. Because you can find all kinds of great it, treasures. I, you can't bring anything else home. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's you can great. find great treasures. So yes, um, collecting all of those donations. Uh, and there are a couple us. centers here locally that we can drop stuff off. That's yes, correct. Absolutely. We can find out all the information about that at the operation booth in the back. I do want to, yes. I have something here that I want to give you and uh, I want to thank you for coming today. Oh, and wow. can we give uh, Miss Penny a great big hand this morning? Awesome. Thank, thank you. you. Thank awesome. you very much. You can just stand. And okay. uh, our next guest this morning is Miss Andrea uh, Precise and she's with uh, the Pregnancy Center right here in Central Florida. And can we welcome Andrea to the City Church stage. Thank awesome. Thank you, Andrea. Now, Andrea, we've been friends for a long time, and it's a great honor to have you here again and uh, to be part of what God is doing through the uh, pregnancy. I used to call it Crisis Pregnancy Center. I know it's Pregnancy Center now, mm -hmm. so I, we got a little change up on that. But tell us a little bit about uh, how you got started. I, I know you're from here in the community. Actually, my wife and I have read your book, and she's got an incredible story. You can actually go to Kindle, or you can buy her book right on Amazon. But an incredible story of God's grace in your life. Mm -hmm. And tell us a little bit about Pregnancy Center and what you do here in the Central Florida community? Well, our center started about 19 years ago, and we exist to provide alternatives to abortion by modeling the love of Jesus Christ through compassionate counseling and resources. And our primary service, and the reason why women come to us, is they want to verify their pregnancy, and we accomplish that by doing uh, pregnancy testing, sonograms, and then counseling. Our target audience is the abortion vulnerable woman. 
Awesome. Awesome. And you've been doing that for 19 years and lots of testimonies. I've been, I've heard many of those and we're just so proud of what God is doing through you and the impact that you're making. And that sonogram thing, I got to see you unveil that a couple of years ago. What a great, great opportunity to serve uh, the, the people who are most vulnerable in our community. And that's what Christ has called us to do. Andrea, uh, tell us how we can be involved in the pregnancy center here at City Church. Well, you could pray for our center that women will find our center before they go to an abortion. Everyone clinic. say pray first. First core value here at City Church, we pray first, so we'll, yeah. we will do that for you. And we're always looking for items for our boutique. And then third, we are expanding. We are going to go mobile. And so we have our baby bottle campaign. Awesome. And uh, we'd just like to ask if you guys would take a, a bottle per family, fill it up with coin, cash, and checks, and help us raise the money we need to go And I've been mobile. saving coins for two years now okay, since well, the last. So I got a, <laughs> it's, it's a lot. I don't know yeah. how much it is, but it's a big jar. Yeah. We are so thankful that you are doing what God's called you to do and you are saving lives and making a difference in our generation. I'm going to have Miss Penny come back up and we're going to, I want the congregation to stretch forth your hands and we're going to pray over Penny and we're going to pray over Miss Andrea this morning. Will you do that with me this morning as we pray God's blessing over these ministries today? Father, thank you today for the grace that you've extended to us. We've sung about it. We've declared it. And now we've seen it in operation. Lord, I thank you for Miss Penny and got her heart to serve and to provide housing. Jesus, you, you called us to minister to those who, who, who didn't have. You called us to minister to the least. And we thank you for the ministry of Habitat for Humanity that provides affordable housing around the world and that we can just do a small part in making a difference in someone else's life, another family's life. And we bless today. We pray for all the resources and the finances that they need to be able to help those, Lord, in our community. Father, I thank you for Andrea and for her husband and her family. In these 19 years, they've committed themselves to rescue the parents and God, we bless today. We thank you for her commitment to the call of Christ upon her life and the purpose for which, which you have designed for her and God, for, for saving and rescuing and helping those who are in need. And I bless them today. Thank you for these ministries. Thank you that they've turned on the light and they're letting it shine bright in our city and community. Now, Jesus, we ask this in your wonderful and mighty name. And everyone said, amen. God bless you. Thank you. Let's give one more great big hand. God bless you guys. Thank you. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Matthew's Gospel, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5. And as we do here at City Church, I want you to stand with me in the honor of reading God's Word. However you read your Bible. Many people read their Bibles on their phones. How many of you actually old school? I can see a couple of old schoolers down here. Anybody old school actually have a Bible up with you today? Okay, so turn to Matthew, chapter 5. Yeah, you can turn in your phones. You can turn on your phones. However you do that. Matthew, chapter 5, we're going to read uh, three verses this morning, beginning with verse number 14. And Jesus said... Remember this. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Ever say, I am the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Verse number 15. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine. Everyone say, let your light shine. Let your light glow before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is 
in heaven. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading and the declaration of his word. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. Hey, this morning I want to talk to you about turning on our light. Turning on our light. We're in a month of learning really to grow in generosity and giving. We've called this month the month of operation blessing. And I, what I love, what I love about City Church is our response and generosity. We, we had the hurricanes come through just a couple of months ago and in just a couple of short weeks, you as a congregation gave over $11,000 to the different hurricane relief situations that took place. Not only that, we had hundreds of you go out and you served our community. And it, it is the heart of God when we get this. It is the heart of God to live, to give. I, I, I've thought a lot about this series, thought a lot about this message this morning about the concept of light. I actually looked up the word light in the dictionary. Webster's Dictionary says light is a verb. It can be a noun, but it, it's also a verb, something that makes vision possible. The sensation aroused by stimulation of the visual receptors. <laughs> I sound intelligent on that one. How about that? In the Bible, and, 70, and 72 times in the New Testament, the, the word light is used. 52 times in relationship to the Lord Jesus Christ. It has to do with the life, the love, the presence, the compassion, the truth. You can have a lot of descriptive words that describe what light is. But light is Jesus. Jesus is the light, and he's called you and I to be the light, to turn on our lights. When I was a young man, I, I did grow up in the church, and so I had, I remember as a child growing up in the church, we actually had Halloween parties, and uh, my home church had like a haunted house. It wasn't even a spiritual thing. Uh, the children's pastor, or the youth pastor who was back then, and nobody thought much about it. This was in the early 70s, late 60s, early 70s. It, Halloween seemed to be fairly innocuous. I know people can't believe that, but uh, it was fairly innocuous, at least in our community, and but as time went on, the reality of what Halloween had become in American culture, the party atmosphere, the, the representation of darkness just became more and more evident. And I made a decision a long, long time ago. I, I've said in her teaching where people explain all the origins of Halloween and the satanic, all the satanic roots of it and what takes place on that day. And I made a decision a long, long, long time ago that I'm not going to give the devil any day. I'm not going to give the devil any day. This is the day that the Lord has made. Someone said amen. Every day the Lord has made. Every day we are to rejoice in it. Every day we are to live as a light into the world. And so as Christians, we have a choice to make today. We can do like many people do who don't really understand their calling, their purpose, their sense of identity, and they just join the party. They just join right along with what everybody else is doing in culture. Or, or, or we can do like other people have chosen to do as they look at the roots of it and they study it and they decide to turn off their light and they disappear from their community. They go to a restaurant, they go to a hotel, they, they get out of Dodge so they don't have to deal with the little chillins coming knocking on the door so they can get a little piece of candy. Or you can do what I believe God's called us to do. We can redeem the day. And God has called you and I to redeem the day. It became very real to me. About two years ago, we were living in Oviedo, and, and our, next, our neighbor across the street, his name was Michael. And Michael was a party hound. 
He loved to party. He always had parties. And so when Halloween came, he had a, a little girl. She was about 10 years of age, and he had the biggest block party in our community. He had a little bounce house blow-up thing, and they projected a movie on, on it, some kind of little kid's Halloween movie. And he had a keg of beer, and cooking hot dogs, and all the neighbors were out. And my wife and I, we have been doing uh, what we call trunk or treat for many years here at City Church. And we were, we are definitely been a blessing. We turned on the light. We were over at the airport campus. And even last year here at this campus, we'd have thousands of people come through and we decorate our trunks. We'd have a lot of fun with it. We definitely were feeling feel like we were doing our part and turning on the light. But I remember the last year that I left my house on Halloween Eve or Halloween night and I came up to the church. We, we would always have candy. We would stick it on a little chair, a little bowl out in front of our house, and we would leave the light on, but there was no one home. And I'd look across the street as I was driving up to the church, and I would see Michael and having a great time, and all the friends and all the neighbors going to his house, and here I am, the man of faith and power, supposed to be serving my community, running for my community. So this last year, as a staff and team, we, we talked about how can we do this differently? You know, we've talked about small groups, and we've challenged every person here at City Church to be in a small group. And if you are not in a small group yet, we have over 50 small groups for you to choose from. And the fact is that God has called us to do community together. And we said, what would happen? What would happen if all of our small groups got together? So you know what? Let's leave the light on. Let's turn the light on and be the biggest blessing that we can be in our neighborhoods. And so I made a decision. I said, you know what? Not easy. I, I, I like the trunk or treats that we've done in the past, but let's try something different. Let's, let's see if we can really distribute this light, not just up here on this campus, but we can take the good news of Christ into our neighborhoods. Because the fact is, that's where you're called to minister at. I mean, this is, a, this is a local congregation. We're a body that meets together, but you're the church, and everywhere you go, you are the church. And so I said, you know what? Let's do this. Let's just be a big blessing. So these are the kinds of candy bars that my wife and I decided that we're going to be handing out this, this, Chris, or this Christmas, yeah, this Halloween night. I said, don't go cheap. Go big. Everybody say, go big. Go big or go home. But no, go big, be a blessing. And you know, you, can, you have your own budget. You can decide what you're going to do. But I said, you know what? Let's be a blessing. And so we're going to be home and we're going we're gonna to have Christmas, uh, Christmas. Yeah, we'll maybe play Christmas music, but Christian music and have the light on bright and maybe get a little fire pit. I don't know if we're allowed to have one of those in my neighborhood or not, but, uh, but we're going to be a blessing. We're going to turn the light on in our community. You know why we need to turn the light on? Because there's darkness all around. There's darkness all around. We can curse the darkness or we can redeem the darkness. Jesus said this, the verdict has come. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. The human heart, the human heart, Jeremiah said, is prone towards darkness. It's prone. It gravitates towards deeds that and things that people do in the night. But God has called you and I to be people of light. You see, we're not only surrounded by darkness, and listen, folks, you can turn on the television. This is not a mystery. We all feel it. We all see it. We experience there's so many horrific, evil things that take place in our generation. We also, are, we also understand the darkness in us. We also understand that there is darkness within side of our own hearts. You know, one of the greatest hindrances to the gospel is a hypocrisy that we carry around in our own life. The hypocrisy that our lives are inconsistent with what we say. And when Jesus talked about the human heart, he said, all these evil things come from inside of you. And the propensity for evil and darkness within every one of us is real. 
And so we have to make a choice today. We have to make a choice today. You see, I believe today that God has called every person who's named by the name of Jesus. I believe that God has called you and I to be his soldiers assigned to war against darkness in our generation. Every person here, I believe today. Uh, can you put the next slide up for me? I appreciate that. We are God's soldiers assigned to war against the darkness. Paul the apostle, before he was Paul, his name was Saul. He was a, a devout Jew. He was so devout. He, he, he was so committed to his faith that he actually was a terrorist. He would penalize and he would punish and even consent to the death of other Jewish people who were leaving the Jewish tradition and following this Yeshua Messiah, the Christ, the, the anointed one. He consented to the death of Stephen. As you listen to Paul tell his story, and I want you to know Paul had a story, and you have a story, and I have a story. But Paul told his story about his encounter with the light. In Acts 26, Jesus said to Paul, I'm sending you to them, to those who are lost, to those who are living in darkness, to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sin and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. I'm sending you to turn on the light. I'm sending you to declare the light. I'm sending you to turn people from the power of Satan, from the power of darkness to the power of God so that they can receive the forgiveness of sins. And that's exactly how it happens. Christ comes. We have an encounter. We talked about it last week. We talked about the woman that was caught in adultery. She was caught in her sin. She was condemned in her sin. But one confrontation with Jesus and her whole life was changed. Jesus said, go. I don't condemn you. I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. So turning on our lights today. The Bible declares that people living in darkness have seen a great light. And so who is this source of light today? Who is this source of light? In John chapter 8, verse number 12, Jesus said, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am. Everyone say, I am. I am the light of the world. I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. As a Christ follower today, you must understand that you have the light of life living inside of you. When Christ was born, when he came into this world, when God in human flesh, the Son of God, chose to leave heaven's glory and enter into humanity's world, the Bible says that when he was born, there were shepherds out in a field. And these men were just doing what they do as shepherds. And all of a sudden, a great light shone and began to declare to them. The Bible says that this, this light was the true light who gives light to everyone who was coming into the world. The one who is the true light who gives light to everyone has come into the world. Jesus' birth announced that he was a light. His life demonstrated that he was the light. There's a story in the Gospel of John. It's about a man who was born blind. He couldn't see. He couldn't see, and, and this, uh, this, this blindness left him in a place of abject poverty. 
And in Jewish theology, in Jewish understanding, if a person was born sick or if a person was born blind, it was either they sinned or their parents sinned. When something bad happened in a person's life, it was immediately attributed to something that they did. And this man was born, the, the Pharisees came to Jesus and said, did this man sin or did, did something else take place in his life? And Jesus responded, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. And while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And when Jesus saw this man, the Bible says that he spit in the ground. It's one of the most creative miracles that we see that Christ actually did. He actually made a mud pie. Can you imagine? I mean, can you imagine if you were standing there and you were at a, a, a church service or you were just out someplace and you, had a, and you weren't able to see and someone said, you know what, let me just make a mud pie out of my spit and stick it in your eyes. I mean, can you, I mean, just think about it. That's what Jesus did. He spit in the ground, he made a mud pie, and he stuck it in this man's eye, and then he told him to go and wash. And when he washed in the pool of Siloam, he came up out of that water, he was able to see. See, the God was glorified. Jesus' life demonstrated that he was the life. Everywhere the Bible says that Jesus went, he went around doing good, and he healed all. Everyone say all. The gospel is for all. Jesus, the light of life, he demonstrated it, and his resurrection proves it today. Jesus just wasn't just another good teacher. He wasn't just a philosopher. He wasn't just a humanitarian. Those were all good things, but that's not just what Jesus was. Jesus was the sinless son of God. He was the light of the world. He was the hope of the world. He's the hope of every generation today. And today, the resurrected king that we worship, that we declare, that we praise is still at work changing lives today. Someone said amen. The power of God, the light of Christ. 1989, there was a dictator that ruled the country of Romania. His name was Shechekau, and he was a brutal man. They say that over, in his own country, he murdered over 60,000 people during his reign. People were not fond of this individual. As a matter of fact, the people hated this man. And in 1988, the, West, the, 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 the wall in Germany that separated East from West Germany fell, and the communist empire began to collapse and fall apart. In 1989, a revolution began to build in Romania. And people started rising up against their government, the oppressive government that they lived under. In 1989, there was a pastor in this town. His name was Lazio Tokes. And in two short years from starting a church, in two short years, this church went from a handful of people to 5,000 people. People were being radically saved. People were encountering Christ. He was preaching boldly. And the government didn't like it. And so they began to penalize him. If you've ever been to a communist society, you don't have to go very far. If you have an opportunity, you just go to Cuba and you actually see what it's like to live under a communistic or a socialistic system where you're giving one pound of rice and one pound of beans and one pound of sugar per person a week. And they, they took away his, he and his wife's rations. 
And then they begin to persecute him. One day they sent a, a group of soldiers into the church and they actually beat him up in front of the people. And the people were starting to get really agitated. 1989, they, they couldn't shut him down. They, they couldn't stop it. He kept preaching the gospel. So they dragged, drug him off to jail. But there's a man by the name of Daniel Garva. He was a 19-year-old Baptist kid. And after they drugged their pastor out of the church that day, Daniel rallied the people and he had brought candles to the church. And he took the candles and he started passing them out. As the people began to light the candle in solidarity, that candle went from that church building out into the streets. And literally in less than one week, in one week, that government was completely overturned. One man stood up and lit a candle. One man stood up and made a difference and saved his generation. And so why do we need this light today? Why do we need this light? Well, I need this light because this light purifies me. The Bible says in the book of John, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. His blood purifies, cleanses. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is Psalms 103. And it says, as far as the east is from the west, he'll remember my sins no more. Come on, come on. He's the God who forgives. But he not only forgives, he forgets. He buries it in the deepest sea. He doesn't recount our sins against us or who could stand. He purifies us. To have that cleansing experience, to know the liberating power of the light of Jesus is our hope for every person that walks through this door. Every person, we believe, every person is welcome. We said it last week, every person in our community is welcome at City Church. But we believe every person that truly encounters the Lord Jesus Christ will be changed. The blood of Christ will change our lives. Someone said amen. We need this light because it purifies us. We need this light because it empowers us. It empowers us. Paul the Apostle told the church that we're to do everything without grumbling and complaining so that we could become blameless, pure children of God. And then he says this, then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. You will shine like stars in the sky. Saul's story, I mentioned it just a few moments ago. Saul had an encounter with Jesus. He was in darkness. He was in complete darkness. He was bound by religious tradition. He has an encounter with Jesus. And this is what Jesus tells him. Saul, this is what I want you to do. I want you to arise and go to Damascus. And there you'll be told all the things which I've called you to do. All the things that I've called you to do. See, when Christ encounters our life, when the light comes into us, not only does it purify us, but it gives us our sense of purpose. See, you will never be satisfied in this life until you are walking out the purpose for which God created you. It's not the pursuit of wealth. It's not the pursuit of happiness. It's not the pursuit of accumulation. It's not even the, the, the pursuit of having a perfect family, a perfect marriage. 
It's the pursuit of fulfilling the purpose for which Christ called you to do. Christ called Paul or Saul to go and tell about this light to the Gentiles. And here's what I love. Our very first verse that we started this message with today, Jesus stood before his disciples who had also experienced the light, who had also experienced the life-transforming power of the Holy Spirit in living and dwelling inside of them. And he said, you shall be my witnesses first in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. We don't live in Jerusalem today. You live in Central Florida. Some of you live in Longwood, some of you live in Altamont, some of you live in Lake Mary, some of you live in Sanford, some of you live in Deltona, DeBerry, Orange City, Eustace. I mean, you live somewhere here in the Central Florida region. And you've been called by God. You've been purified by Christ. You've been purified by him for a purpose, for a mission. And that mission is to share the light of Christ with our generation talked about. I, I'm still impacted by the message last week. If you didn't get a chance to watch it, you need to go online. It was one of the biggest hot topic buttons. We got more comments on last Sunday's message than anything I've ever preached here at City Church in our 18 years of existence. You need to watch that service. I'm just reminded of our commitment to bring God's love to this city one person at a time. One person at a time, leading people to become fully devoted followers of Jesus. That's our mission. Bringing God's love. Demonstrating the compassion of Christ. Showing the mercy and the grace of God. And so what do we do with this today? So what do you do with this? What's your action step today? Well, the first thing is if you never encountered the light, if you've, if you've never had a relationship with Jesus, if you don't really know that you know that you know that you know this Savior personally, your first step is to accept him. But if you accepted Christ today, your step today is to let your light shine, is to let your light glow. When you came in today, you got something that looked like this. Come on, just raise up your glow sticks real quick. In the month of October, in the month of November, our series, every week we're going to be talking. This week we talked about Jerusalem, about being a light in Jerusalem. And our action step this week is Tuesday, when children and families come to your door, be the light. We've got cards. We've printed off 10,000 of these little invite cards to City Church. And it's just a little simple, simple thing that you can do with your big candy bar, your big blessing candy bar, or whatever you put in that bag of that child that comes to your door. But you can drop a little invite card. And you can give every child and every family a great big smile. And you know what I always do when I, when I hand out candy at Halloween time? I always say, God bless you. Or I always say, Jesus loves you. I mean, I just, once you say Jesus, people are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So take God from just the impersonal God out there and just say, Jesus loves you. Give him the piece of candy. Just practice those words a couple of times at home. Just say that out loud. Just get used to hearing yourself telling people that Jesus loves them. 